night each and every night Well, whoops-a-daisy how you drove me crazy But I guess it doesn't matter anymore There's no use in me a-crying I've done everything and now I'm sick of trying I've thrown away my nights and wasted all my days over you Welcome to Green and Gold Forever. I'm Eric Drews, broadcasting from Appleton, Wisconsin, and we'll be joined shortly here by Matt McLean out in Altoona. And entering into Sunday, we knew this was going to be a significant test to see where the Green Bay Packers are at. And it turns out they are far, far, far from being a legitimate contender here in late December of 2015. They lost at the Arizona Cardinals 38-8. to And you know we've said this on the podcast many times that no team that has ever been in control of a game for even one moment has had eight as a final score. So that should that should show you how badly the Packers were dominated. I think that the Badgers without Corey Clement looked better against Alabama than the Packers did against Arizona. The talent gap looked like a power college team playing against a mid-major. Yeah, that's a good comparison, too, because you think about how big the actual physical disparity is between two teams like that. But, you know, a team like the Badgers able to hold it close where yesterday they just looked completely outmatched and outmanned. They didn't even look like they belonged in the same field together after about the first five minutes. Yeah, and the thing that's most troubling about it is, I don't know how much you listen to any of the post-game comments, but the whole team, and, and Rodgers especially, and maybe he's just trying to be a good leader, said, well, you know, if we had to go back to Carolina or go back to Arizona, I I like our chances. We'll get it turned around. I'm like, did you get no. yeah? Did you get dinged that hard that you you got destroyed in both of those games? Don't let the final score of that Carolina game fool you. They got dominated in that game. I know they have to believe because they're the ones who got to put the pads on and go back out there for however more the season lasts. But they have to be fooling themselves. There's no way that you hook them up to a lie detector that they legitimately believe they have a chance to beat either Carolina or Arizona, especially in their buildings. Yeah, I mean, what sorts of adjustments do you think you're going to make that'll make up that 30-point difference yesterday? And it could have been more had Arizona felt the need to pour it on anymore. Yeah. I don't I don't know how you think you can just change a couple of things here and there. I mean, you, you were playing for a lot, potentially. I mean, you could have locked up the division yesterday and you just get completely blown out. So it's... Yeah, I, I have a hard time believing that. I think nine out of ten times they lose to both of those teams in Carolina mm-hmm. and Arizona going forward. And maybe it's even more than that. Yeah, I, 19 out of 20. Yeah, yeah, something like that. I don't know how you just uh, – again, like you said, you have to have that confidence, and you probably even do when you're on the field. But, yeah, that was a, just a massacre. Maybe their adjustment is to build a time machine and pick up 1998 Randy Moss off the waiver wire. Yeah, and I don't think that would do it. I don't think that would be enough either. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. But, yeah, they had four turnovers. They only had 178 total yards of offense. And the defense, again, has been holding their own. They certainly didn't have a great day yesterday. But two of the Arizona touchdowns were fumble returns for touchdowns. And one of the touchdowns was there was a terrible drive at the end of the half. But the Packers turned the ball over four times. And the defense still... You know, they held Arizona to under 400 yards, which for how good Arizona's offense has been lately is not so bad. But once again, the passing game is terrible. And I know the argument is that the offensive line is bad and they have no receivers. Those things are true. But here are the 10 
worst quarterback performances so far this year, and I will or, or net passing for teams, and I will tell you who the quarterback is. I'm going ten down to one. So Michael Vick starting for Pittsburgh had 96 yards. Um, Teddy Bridgewater against the Seahawks. The Cowboys with, um, I believe, Matt Castle against Seattle. Then you have the Buffalo Bills at Tennessee early on in the season. So I'm assuming uh, that, I should have checked this beforehand, but um, that's Tyrod Taylor against Tennessee. Then you have Ryan Tannehill against Baltimore. You have... Blaine Gabbert against, I'm sorry, Colin Kaepernick against Seattle. Then you have Aaron Rodgers against the Cardinals. You have Blaine Gabbert against Arizona. Then you have Aaron Rodgers against Denver and then Jimmy Clausen against Seattle. So those are the 10 worst passing performances. Aaron Rodgers has two of the four worst passing performances as far as a net yardage so far this season. And I never thought I would see that. All those other quarterbacks in that bottom 10 for net passing yards, all under 100, those guys stink. And Aaron Rodgers was the MVP last year. And it's certainly not his fault alone, but he's got to share some of that blame, doesn't he? I know he got pounded yesterday, but teams have had six sacks in a game, seven sacks in a game. That doesn't mean they get 70 net yards passing. That doesn't happen that often. It's happened, let's see, 12 times in the 240-plus games that have occurred so far in 2015, and it's happened 12 times twice to Aaron Rodgers, the defending MVP. That's nuts. Yeah, and I've been putting the blame more on some of the other units, but I thought yesterday more than a lot of the others it was Rodgers' fault. And I I know that's hard to say when they get nine sacks against them. But at the same point, I mean, you know you've lost pretty much everybody on your offensive line. The receivers aren't good. So for him to, when he has time, to just sit there and hold it and constantly do this thing where he tries to do a spin move in the pocket and whip around to get out, it it's so stupid. It drives me nuts and just never seems to work anymore. It's like they've gotten a few big plays off in the past, and he tries it on every single play. Yeah. Whereas, obviously, if your offensive line is getting dominated and receivers can't get downfield, you're going to want more of a quick pass kind of an offense. And they're just – it's so hard to explain what they're trying to do. They show the routes of these receivers down the field running like – 10 yards, kind of looking back, watching Rodgers get sacked. And it's just yeah. like the route combinations and Rodgers himself, it just was baffling yesterday for him to just sit there and hold it and hold it even when he has time. And then it seemed like every time he got touched, he pretended like he didn't think there was any pressure coming because he fumbled every time he got touched. Yeah, It was it was a weird, weird way to quarterback that game. I, the, the offensive play calling was bad, but Rodgers has a lot of blame from yesterday. Yeah, and and that second fumble, he got drilled. He had absolutely no chance. But there were some of those plays where it's like, what is the expectation in your mind? Like, how are they coaching it? That 10 seconds is normal for a pocket? It never comes out at the end of his drop. And maybe guys are covered, but at some point, you wonder where is the balance between I think this guy is covered and I am paralyzed because I have either been coached or I have a fundamental belief that throwing an interception is the absolute worst thing that could happen to me. And, and and there might be some truth to that, but the fact is, nothing happens. I mean, you can't be so paralyzed of turnovers that you have 77 net passing yards. That stinks. The Cardinals have a good defense, but they've played terrible quarterbacks this year. And they haven't held them all to 77 net passing yards. And I'm thinking, 
pressure's a problem. It's absolutely a problem. But just as a case study, I just pulled it up while you were talking here. David Carr, his rookie year, when he was sacked an NFL record 76 times, only had two games with fewer than... 77 net passing yards, and the Packers have had two this year. His leading receiver, by the way, was Corey Bradford. His second one was Billy Miller, Jabbar Gaffney, Jawan Dawson. These are the guys he was throwing to, and he only had worse than Aaron Rodgers did twice. And should I mention, it was a freaking expansion team. You can't tell me that James Jones and Randall Cobb and Devontae Adams, as flawed as that guy is, Andrew Corliss, they cannot be that bad that you're having... The worst games in the entire league in the vicinity of guys like Kaepernick and Jimmy Clausen at the Seahawks. Uh, that's ridiculous. I cannot believe those receivers are that bad. It's impossible. It is impossible for them to be that bad. They'd have to be the worst receiving core in the history of the league. Yeah, yeah and they're obviously not great. But, I mean, even like you said, James Jones and Randall Cobb, are they a great one and two? No. But they're not the worst we've ever seen, and it just seems like, you know, like we touched on earlier, the way they're using these guys is just, it's just baffling. I, it's hard to really explain it. I mean, they're just running down the field, nothing short, no slants, no, and they kind of gave up on the screen game yesterday. It seemed like too, we didn't see hardly any of that, and that had been working a little bit lately. Yeah, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, and I, I don't have the time to just uh, look them up while we're talking here, but. Eddie Lacy only had 12 rushes. James Starks had three, and I know he had that fumble, but he had three carries, and that fumble was on the first play of the second half. They were down 10 to nothing at the two-minute warning. That certainly is not bad enough where you have to completely abandon the run. Where are all the runs? Why aren't they running the ball? That's what's been successful for them the last few weeks, and they still seem completely unwilling to do it. And that's something we've theorized about for the entire existence of this podcast, that even if it was apparent that running the ball was the strength of this team, that these two would not be willing to let it be the strength of the team. And this year and yesterday completely proved that theory correct. They don't have what Brett Favre and Mike Sherman had in them to... Brett Favre was runner-up in the MVP in 2002, and in 2003, when Favre was banged up, and it was clear Amon Green was having a special season, they put Brett Favre on the back burner, and they ran Amon Green as far as he could take them, and these two guys don't have that in their makeup. Yeah, it sure seemed like they were starting to find this team's identity the last couple weeks with at least trying to run and doing it pretty well, and then you just kind of give up on it yesterday when you're down by a little bit and let Rodgers throw you into the ground. Yeah, or or hold it until he gets thrown into the ground. exactly. So, yeah, I, I don't know what else there is to really say about this game, but they got completely dominated. It, there aren't a couple of moments that could have changed that would have made me feel any better about this game. Um, we, we, we talked about the different possibilities that could have come out of yesterday, and this was about the most pessimistic of those, but I, I guess I'll just say it. It's over. This this particular season's over, and it doesn't it doesn't mean that they have to clean house and fire Mike McCarthy and get rid of Aaron Rodgers or anything like that. But you know, help is potentially on the way with Jordy Nelson and, and Ty Montgomery, and maybe they'll finally address the the offense a little bit more in the off season. But the 2015 season is over. I, I would say at max, there's three more games left. If I had to put money on it, there's two more games left. Yeah, it's it's hard to bet against that. I, I guess I'm never going to be the guy that says it's over until I see it happen, although there's nothing that leads me to believe that this team has a chance against anybody in the postseason right now. Yeah, 
So, I, I don't know. I mean, anything can happen. We've seen some crazy, crazy stuff. I mean, a couple weeks ago we talked about the Ravens from a few years ago who looked terrible going into the postseason and somehow made a Super Bowl run and win it. So, weird things happen. I mean, this team at least has the makings of a team that was once really good. So, I, I'm not going to completely count them out, but... I don't know how you beat Minnesota this coming weekend and then how you beat another good team, probably Seattle or Minnesota, then the, the week after that. It's, yeah. That alone is daunting. And then to think you might have to play Carolina, Arizona, you know, New England or whoever else after that, it just seems impossible at this point. Well, you'll have to play either Carolina or Arizona in the divisional round, and I don't think they have a chance against either of them. No. And I'm certainly hopeful, don't get me wrong. I, I am hopeful that it happens, but if this were another team, you know, if this were the Cincinnati Bengals or something like that, I'd say they're finished. And and I would feel very confident in that. And so if I step back for one moment from being a hardcore Packer fan that would love for them to win, it I, I don't see how that could possibly happen. And the way the Minnesota Vikings have played the last two weeks, you wonder if they're going to win at Lambeau on Sunday. Yeah, I'm about... I'm, I'm even kind of leaning towards Minnesota in that game. It's hard to pick Green Bay after seeing what you just saw, and maybe my opinions change as the week goes on because this isn't quite as fresh in your memory. But it, it's hard to imagine after seeing that to see them against line up against any even average team and expect them to win. Yeah, because when was the last time they beat anybody decent? Have they beaten anybody decent all year? Like I'm not sure they have. I honestly. mean, back to Seattle, but Seattle was playing so poorly at the time that yeah, I mean they're not what they are now either. Yeah, although I saw on ESPN while we were getting ready for this, they still had Seattle ranked number two in their power rankings. It's they got beat pretty thoroughly yesterday um, by by the Rams. They got swept yeah. by the Rams. I I don't know that that Rams team is strange, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And and we could beat up individually on everybody. Everybody was terrible, and they they've played and coached how they have all year. I, I think maybe if anything, yesterday was confirming all of the worst things we thought about this team. And they got lucky in Detroit. They rallied against some bad teams. And then they were demolished by a true, legit contender. And the the thing that troubled me is the fact that all of the, the players just seemed so, yeah, we'll, we'll turn this around. We'll get it fixed. And, you know, we have a chance to come back here, and, and we'll, the result will be different. And like we said, I know they have to do that. And I guess what did I expect them to say? We suck, it's over, I'm just going to collect a paycheck the next two weeks, but I don't know. You just kind of, you know, as a fan, sometimes you'd like to see it hurt as much as it hurts you to yeah, watch the Yeah, maybe that's it. You know, as the players kind of show after the game. You know they're hurting pretty bad inside, but we take it so personally. Yeah, I think you're, you're probably 100% right there. Uh, well, so uh, if the Packers are able to beat the Vikings, they'll probably get Seattle. Um because now Arizona actually has a reason to play because Carolina lost, so Arizona has a very outside shot at actually getting home field throughout the playoffs, so they'll have a reason to try to defeat Seattle. So if Seattle finishes 9-7 and seven and the Packers beat Minnesota, then they'll host Seattle in the first round. If they lose, they'll go to Washington, and you almost wonder if you'd like their chances against the Redskins, but they're tearing it up the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I, I think you'd still much rather play Washington, but I, I mean, you have to go in and try to win the game on Sunday, obviously, and try to get home field. Is you, you never know what could happen. You know, something could could come about where you beat Minnesota at home, maybe you slaughter them, and then you get them coming there again the week after that. You'd probably prefer that more than any of the other options. So yeah, I don't want to play any of the playoff teams right now. If we could maybe somehow <laughs> swap and get like Houston over here or, or Indy or whoever makes it out of the NFC South, that would be preferred for me. I don't know if we could beat Houston right now. Yeah, they just killed Tennessee yesterday, too. I don't know how they're doing it with Brandon Whedon. Yeah, 
it's, that's weird. But uh, I, I think that's the only team I would pick them against in the playoffs right now. If we can play Johnny Manziel's Cleveland Browns four times, I think yeah. then they might have a chance to win the Super Bowl. Let's do that. The third or fourth time, though, they might get us. It's possible. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, so what a strange turn uh, that this season has made. Um, I guess we we feared that this was what this team really was, but now we finally get a chance to see it. I guess it would be nice to hear back in the high life again and to continue with our division streak and hope they can dust themselves off and get back on their feet as a legitimate contender next year. But yeah, that was a that was a rough rough game yesterday. Um, we aren't going to talk a ton here. It's the holidays, so um, we don't have a lot of time, and I know all of you probably don't want to listen to an hour podcast while you're in between your different festivities. So um, one thing, did you see anything about that Peyton Manning HGH thing that also named Clay Matthews, Julius Peppers, and Mike Neal? Uh, apparently it was flaw- uh, fraudulent, but it's kind of a strange thing that uh, a lot of these players have had to address. Yeah, and I've heard a lot of talk about it, and considering the guy came out and said that he made it up, but now, you know, the thought is, well, it seemed like it had a lot of facts, and he came out with all of it, and now he's saying it's, you know, fake, because did he get paid off or something? So, yeah, I, I don't know, it seems like a complete non-thing to me, I guess, just from hearing about it, but it sounds like there's going to be a lot more investigation into it, so you'd hate for three Packers to get named on a list like this and kind of, I mean, they did pick like three of the biggest guys on the team. So if they're making a random thing up, those are probably the guys they choose. Yeah. But yeah, who knows? I mean, I, I hope nothing comes from it. I guess you can't be entirely surprised. I mean, these guys are monsters and you would think probably a lot more NFL players are using this stuff than anybody care to admit. And I mean, just based on the way the sport is. So yeah, I, I don't know. I, you hope this is completely fabricated. But you would think, and I don't know much about Al Jazeera. I know it's more like, from what I've heard from them, it's more like foreign coverage and things like that. So it's yeah. kind of strange for them to do something like this. But you would imagine they wouldn't just release something that's completely fabricated. I always hear people say Al Jazeera is a very reliable source, but it seems like it's the hipster news people. who's like, you can't trust the, bit, the machine, man. You know, those kind of people who are telling you that every American media outlet's lying to you and all that kind of stuff. So I don't really know either how good uh, Al Jazeera is. But Mike Ditka sure didn't think it was reliable. Did you hear him on the countdown yesterday? No, I didn't. He went off on his whole spiel about how it's not a reliable news source and it was garbage and stuff. Like, right before the first game started, it was pretty funny. Well, see, that's what confuses me, is that everybody's rushing to say there's no credibility to this, and there very well could be no credibility to this. But then on NFL Films during America's Game, they talk about how Lyle Alzado was giving out steroids to everybody, and it's like a charm thing. Like, oh, old crazy Lyle, you know, yep, that's he. Him and his steroids, he's quite a character. And you have guys like Romanowski and all that kind of stuff who have completely admitted to it. And I guess there's two things. Is One, I, I, I think you'd be pretty foolish to think that nobody is on HGH. They've never caught anybody in thousands of tests. But I don't want to incriminate all the players, but for nobody to have, you know, people are probably on some of this stuff. But on the flip side is nobody seems to care in football. Yeah, it's weird. Ryan Braun I mean, is... Antonio Gates got a four-game suspension this year, and then as soon as he's back, all anybody can talk about is how he's in the Hall of Fame. And like, <laughs> yeah. That's the complete opposite. Yeah, Ryan Braun it, was having a Hall of Fame-level career, and he's, he's kind of dropped off the last couple of years, but people treat him like he's one step below Jared from Subway. And in football, guys have a four-game suspension, and they're like, well, you know, Cushing, it's going to be hard for him to make the Pro Bowl because he missed four games, but, yeah. you know, it's it's really... It's strange. I, I I really don't 
I think you can be disappointed in players that they do it, but I don't get the moral outrage that it's this terrible, terrible thing. You know, it's certainly cheating, and they should be, or the, I'm also skeptical as to how much it helps you, you know, if Clay Matthews is on HGH, my body wouldn't look like that on HGH, so I, I think it maybe has a small negligible effect, and you should be punished for it, but... I'm not certainly thinking that these guys all of a sudden are, oh, my God, I can't believe Ryan Braun. Now I now I can't even ever enjoy him ever hitting a home run again. It's it's weird. I don't quite I don't quite know where I stand on it, but I feel like the outrage that's met for these steroid users is a little bit too much. Overblown, to use a pun. Yeah, I, I guess at the same time, though, maybe it's not necessarily a bad thing because that's kind of what discourages it. I'd rather have a sport that's completely clean than completely dirty with steroids. So yeah. if... If you know if this if this is the outrage that happens when people supposedly get caught or even get named in something, I guess I'm okay with that. Yeah, and and I I think you should try to clean it up, but I guess I'm I'm trying to find where I think it should go as far as the outrage because it doesn't make sense. You have on one end where people are so mad and want guys who use steroids thrown out of sports, but then you see like let's use baseball for example. Braun is just the worst person in history because he used some cream that had some performance enhancing effect perhaps. But then those same guys love when guys are thrown at each other's heads. You know, it's well, if you're willing to throw a baseball at an unsuspecting dude's face, does that make you a worse guy than if you used some steroid cream? Like where where is the moral uh, where's the compass, the moral compass on that? That's where I'm having a hard time deciding. I don't know the answer. Okay, so hopefully none of them are on steroids. <laughs> I guess it's the thing. If they did, they were using the wrong stuff because they got bullied by the Cardinals pretty badly yesterday. Yeah, or should have used more, I guess. <laughs> yeah. If they're, uh, that's what should be their argument. If I'm on steroids, clearly they're not a performance-enhancing drug because I couldn't get off my block all day yesterday. That's what Clay Matthews should have said. <laughs> All right, so week 17 is upon us almost, so we have the Monday Night Football game tonight, which is actually a really good one. It's the first time in a while that we have a good Monday Night Football game, although I think it's still Osweiler, right? Um, and, and then yeah, it's, it's weird because it's a good matchup and means a lot, but it's McCarron and Osweiler, so like part of me kind of wants to watch it, and part of me is like, eh, this just seems like a lowly battle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a bit like watching the third preseason game on ESPN. It's... Um, I'll probably still watch it because it's kind of a big game, and hopefully my power doesn't go out or yours either. If to add insult to injury, the Packers get blown away yesterday, and we've had some really nice weather here in the Midwest, and now we're getting a foot of snow as we speak. So, yeah, I literally just got a weather alert on my phone as you were saying that <laughs> we're supposed to get like nine or ten inches tonight. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and that's the same for over here in Appleton. So, not fun. All right, so you and I stink at picks the last couple of weeks. If the Bengals win, I will get back to five games better than you. If the Broncos win, we'll go into the final week with a three-game lead for me. So at least I picked the Jets over the Pats, though, right? You did. Um, so I guess that's what's something. <laughs> yeah, you did pick the Jets over the Pats. Where was the one that I picked Houston, you picked Tennessee? Yikes. Um, I'm trying to see. There was one other one. Oh, and I picked New Orleans instead of Jacksonville. So, not not well. You might have picked the biggest upset yesterday, but I knew the Saints would beat the the Jags. So, all right, let's pick these real quick and then let's get on out of here because this game was just so darn pathetic. I don't even feel like talking about it anymore. The Jaguars against the Texans. If the Texans win, they're the AFC South champs. 
Oh, man. I keep picking against Houston, and I think Whedon's starting again, and uh, it's hard to pick a team, but they just crushed uh, Tennessee. I'm going to keep rolling against Houston, though. I think Jacksonville's decent enough to, to maybe get it done, so I'll pick Jacksonville. Okay, I'll actually pick the Houston Texans. Uh, I think their defense is – I know Bortles has had a nice year, but he seems to have stalled the last couple of weeks, so I think yeah, – yeah, so I'll, I'll take Houston. The Steelers at the Browns. I can't believe Pittsburgh. Everybody talking yeah. about them like they're this great team that was going to go into the playoffs and tear things up, and then they lose to a terrible Ravens team with Ryan Mallett at quarterback. Yeah, that was one of the more shocking losses I can remember here in recent memory. Um, I, I still don't think Cleveland wins this game. Pittsburgh still has a lot to play for, and that's a new game, I believe, right? So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So nothing will be decided yet, so I'll go Pittsburgh. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. Cleveland has just been really, really bad. So, um, And Pittsburgh will probably be angry. Uh, not that that will matter. I'm sure the Packers were angry yesterday and then got stomped anyways. The Jets at Bills. Um, if the Jets win, they clinch, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think you got to go with the Jets. Buffalo's been kind of poor for the second half of the year. The Jets are rolling it. I saw some stat today. I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but Ryan Fitzpatrick, since shaving his beard, is 5-0 and and has like 19 touchdowns and one pick or something like that. I didn't know the beard shaving thing, but I know he's been white hot since Thanksgiving. Yeah, so I'll go Jets here. Yeah, I'll agree with you. I don't you know. definitely see them losing this game at Buffalo, though, with Rex Ryan. Yeah, you could, but I don't know. Buffalo just seems so punchless. If you put Revis on Sammy Watkins, what does Buffalo have that can hurt you, really? Yeah, that's true. Is McCoy still out, too? Yeah, he's out the rest of the year, I believe. Okay. Yeah, and I don't know. This is. I know we maybe we didn't say this on the podcast, but you and I were at least talking that if Buffalo, if if the NFL season was ten games, Buffalo probably would have made the playoffs about nine times in their seventeen-year playoff drought. The Patriots at the Dolphins. If New England wins, they get home field. Or or wait. Is that right? I think it is. I don't know. I, I think they could clinch home field tonight, too, if the yeah, Bengals lose. Right. Yeah, they at least get a bye for sure. Um, but, yeah. yeah, I'll go New England. Yeah, I'll agree. Miami's awful, and this will end my embarrassing uh, prediction that I had that the Dolphins were somehow going to go to the AFC Championship game. But whatever. The Titans at the Colts. Uh, I don't even know who's going to play for the Colts because they just said today that Charlie Whitehurst is out for the year somehow. Wow. Um, yeah, and maybe Hasselbeck will be back. I'm not yeah. sure, but I think maybe no matter what, I'm, I'm taking the Colts at this point. I don't think I could pick Tennessee again after what I saw yesterday. Yeah, I, I always thought Mettenberger would be a little better than he is, but he just seems terrible. Um, if the Colts, if Jacksonville beats Houston, which you are picking, so essentially you're saying the Colts are going to win the AFC South. Good. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm sick of the Texans making the playoffs with these boring offenses yeah. Losing right away in the first round. I'd much rather see like a Matt Hasselbeck Colts team or something cool like that in there. Yeah, and the idea of the Jets at the Texans or the Chiefs at the Texans as a playoff game. It's, yeah, gross. Ugh, it's like, like, and it might add a little more intrigue, too. I don't know if they would, but, I mean, Andrew Luck could be coming back, too. Imagine if they get in as a division winner and all of a sudden Luck's playing and all of a sudden you've got the Indianapolis Colts with Andrew Luck rolling a little bit. Yeah, that could be exciting. Yeah, I, I hope you're right. I'll, I'll pick Indianapolis. I'm going to stand by my Houston pick, though. I don't think it's going to happen. The Ravens at the Bengals. I assume that, um, yeah. So it's 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 strange. I guess I don't know how the playoff scenarios are going to play out given tonight, but a chance for the Bengals to get a bye. Yeah. So I, I think they still have a lot to play for at this point, and I don't think Ryan Mallett duplicates what we saw yesterday. Not that he played great, but he did enough. That Pittsburgh offense was so bad yesterday it was weird. Uh, but I'll pick Cincy here. 
Uh, yeah, I'll pick Cincy as well. They'll be playing for home field advantage. I'll start picking first here because I know you have a three-game gap or potentially five-game gap that you have to make up, and I don't want to, in good conscience, be picking second every time. The red. We picked what two different so far? One different. Uh, one different. All right. So when we get to the last two, I'll just have to choose the opposite. <laughs> it's just <laughs> sounds good. Um, the Redskins at the Cowboys. Dallas is terrible. Uh, the Redskins are on a roll, and I have a feeling that they're. Uh, with a Jay Gruden as coach, I don't think that they're going to be pulling starters to rest anybody with how good they've been playing. So I'll pick the Redskins. Yeah, I, I guess you have to. That's the only thing is if they start benching people. But even still, I think maybe a Colt McCoy-led Red, Redskins team might still be better than Dallas. So I, I yeah. guess you got to stick with the skins here. Yeah, with Kellen Moore. Uh, the Saints at the Falcons. So the Falcons were able to beat Carolina. We... I don't think we really thought it would happen because the Falcons have been so bad, but we've been picking or expecting a Carolina loss while picking Carolina the last several weeks, so um, I guess it wasn't that surprising. The Saints have been... I, I, they're such a weird team. I, I'll pick the Saints. Alrighty, yeah, I was I was kind of leaning that way, but I'll make this a different one. I guess I'll go with the Falcons. You could definitely see a big game letdown after beating Carolina now having nothing to play for anymore at this point, correct? They have no way to make the playoffs. So. Correct, yep, the NFC's locked in. But, uh, you know, maybe they still got a little more firepower on offense in New Orleans, and that defense is so bad for the Saints, so I'll go Falcons. Yeah, and I just thought of something, that last year when we tallied the standings, we also included playoff games. So we'll probably okay. pick the playoffs pretty similar, but I guess don't pick anything you think is too stupid just to try to catch up. <laughs> the Lions at the Bears. Uh, the Bears finally won yesterday, and it seemed like it, you know, they they were relatively close to a lot of teams and then would lose anyways. Um Man, the Lions won a dogfight over San Francisco. Uh, who cares? I'll pick the Bears. Yeah, the, the, this is such a tough game to pick. They're like the same team. Uh, I'm going to go with Detroit, actually, in this one. I think the Bears got their win, and they're a team that doesn't seem to win many consecutive games. So sure. I'll go with the Lions. They better not make us watch that crap. <laughs> I'm sure we'll have to. Well, what else is there, I, I guess? Maybe not. Now that it's meaningless, you would hope they'd put something else on. Because we got to watch a different game here Mm -hmm. on Sunday at noon and not watch the Bears or anything. Well, there are no other meaningful games, though, at... Yeah, we got got the Carolina Panthers and uh, Falcons. Falcons. They might show us Redskins-Cowboys, though, because it is the only game at noon on Fox that has a NFC team that's going to be in the playoffs, with the Packers potentially playing the Redskins the following week. So maybe we'll get that game. The Eagles at Giants, which was rendered meaningless by the Eagles' loss to the Redskins on Saturday. I will pick the... The Giants just look terrible lately. They're completely out of control. Coughlin might finally get fired. I'll pick the Eagles. Oh, yeah, this is a hard one. I, I think I'm actually going to go with New York here. I, I'm torn on it because I think that the Eagles probably have more to play for. I think his chip is going to go all out because he might be in danger of losing his job too. But, I mean, you might say the same for Coughlin. They get back him back. Uh, I, I guess I'll go Giants at home to end the season with a win. Uh, real quick side conversation. Do you think either of those guys deserve to be fired? Oh, man, it, it's so hard to fire Coughlin after winning two Super Bowls, even though this has kind of been the team they've been more of the majority of the time he's been there. Yeah, but it's also uh, been a while ago now. I mean, yeah. they haven't yeah, made the playoffs few, since 11. Had a few years of this. It, I don't know. It's it's hard to maybe – it seems like it's more of a GM issue maybe. They're not putting that much talent out on the field anymore. I mean, Beckham was a great pick, but their defense has been pretty bad for a while now. Sure. I don't know. I he, I guess I'd maybe hang on to both of them for another season. 
Yeah, if I were going to fire one of them, I, I think I would fire Coughlin at this point. He's getting kind of old, and, you know, he, he's won two Super Bowls, but how long can can that sustain itself? They haven't made the playoffs in four years. They didn't make the playoffs, what, three or two of the three years between Super Bowls. So they really caught lightning in a bottle twice, and it's it's not like they had some kind of winning system that won two Super Bowls. It's not like I'm trying to think of somebody. They had an insane pass rush, which I don't know how much of that is Tom Coughlin coaching. Yeah, they, and and it got hot. And Eli Manning got hot at the right time. It's it's not like when Pittsburgh misses the playoffs a bunch and they got two Super Bowls because they've been to the playoffs a boatload of times, and and it felt like they genuinely earned those Super Bowls, or at least. Maybe they didn't earn them in 2005, but then had really good teams in 04 and 02 and stuff like that. So it felt like a winning system. Whereas the Giants, I think even Giants fans would say they got lucky twice. And Chip Kelly remade the whole roster, and maybe that was stupid, but he had two 10-win seasons in his first two years. It, yeah. I think you would be better served to run the Bengals uh, kind of modus operandi and just give him some time like they did with Marvin Lewis and now they've turned into one of the best teams in the league yeah I mean you really can't give a guy after giving him all the power giving him only one season to see if it works as much as I don't like Chip Kelly that much sometimes I think that it would be kind of ill-advised to get rid of him after just the one year of making all these personnel changes yeah and it would have been different if he was four and 12 his first two years but Mm -hmm. give him all the personnel changes he remakes the roster they still were in it with two games to play so I think that's got to be worth something the Rams at 49ers, how exciting. Well, I'm going to pick the Rams. I'm sure I'll be wrong here because they can't win two in a row. But uh, I, I guess, I mean, they're just a much better team than San Francisco is right now, I think. I'll pick them because Jeff Fisher is the king of 8-8. Eight eight. Uh, if 8-8 eight yep. eight could get you in the Hall of Fame, Jeff Fisher is the first ballot. He's the best. He's, he's the best coach in history. Tampa Bay at Carolina. So the uh, Panthers need to win this game in order to get home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Yeah, I think they will. Tampa's been pretty bad lately. Yeah, They're going to be pissed off. As soon as I said that the Buccaneers were one of the better teams in the NFC, they haven't won since. So I'll pick Carolina. The Raiders at the Chiefs. Um, the Chiefs are rolling, so uh, the Raiders are kind of they're playing a little bit better, but I, I still think Kansas City's going to win, especially with a chance to win the division. Oh, that's right. I was I was wondering. So even if Denver wins tonight, do they still? I think they just needed Denver to lose either of their last two. And they need to win out. Okay. Yeah, I guess then if they've got uh, – that's what I was going to ask is if they had anything to play for, even seeding or anything. I think they're definitely a much better team than Oakland is. And um, Yeah, I, I'll go with the Chiefs. Yeah, because even if Denver – I'm trying to think here. Even if Denver wins tonight, they'll have four losses and Kansas City has five. And I believe Kansas City's only loss in the division is to – the Chargers and the Broncos have lost to the Raiders and the Chiefs, so Kansas City would have the tiebreaker on division record. The Chargers and Broncos. Uh, yeesh. If Osweiler plays, I could see San Diego stealing one for some reason, especially with Mike McCoy coaching the Chargers. I know it's been a couple years now, but it still feels like um, that's always a dangerous team for Denver to square off against. Um I still got to pick Denver. The Chargers stink. Yeah, I think same here. It's a, it is a dangerous game. You're right, and who knows? Mike McCoy might be playing or coaching for his job too, so they might be leaving it all on the field. There, it could be the last game is the San Diego Chargers as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I think Denver will still win. Whatever happened to these? I don't know. Is it the owners or what? And I know it's different with the Chargers because they might be moving. But why does everybody only get three years nowadays? It 
I, well, when your third year is four, four and eleven, and you've lost like all of these terrible, awful close games, it's I don't know. I can kind of see that one maybe. Yeah, but you remember when guys like Norv Turner and Dave Wanstatt would get years and years and years, and it would never work out. And I mean, granted, yeah, that's probably why it is the way it is now. It's only three years because Norv Turner hung on forever. That's true. But if you think of guys like Sam Weish, I mean, he had some terrible years, and I think year three or four for him was a four and eleven year, and they kept him anyways, and they went to the Super Bowl the next year. And yeah. so I'm, I'm sure it probably evens out. But gosh, it it's it's one thing if you get hired by the Packers or the Ravens or one of these teams that has been a perennial playoff team for decades, the Steelers, and you stink after three years. But it's not like the Chargers and teams like that have been going to the playoffs every single year for years and years. I don't know. It's just strange. The Seahawks at the Cardinals. So the Cardinals need to win this game and have a Carolina loss in order to win home field throughout the playoffs. Those games are at the same time, so I'm sure they'll be playing to win. And Seattle, if they win and the Vikings lose, will become the five seed, and they'll go to Washington. If Seattle loses and the Packers beat the Vikings, then Seattle comes to Lambeau. Yeah, I, I think I'm picking Arizona here because really, I mean, what does Seattle have to play for? They're either going to Green Bay or Minnesota or Washington. I mean, no matter what happens, that's their best or worst case scenario. Yeah. And I, I don't think they ever get a chance at getting a home field game being a five seed. So you would think Arizona's got a lot more on the line, and I think they're better to begin with. So I'll pick the Cardinals. I'll actually pick Seattle because there is a chance that Carolina could be up like 28 to nothing at the end of the first quarter. Yeah, that is true. And there's no way to leave Carson Palmer out there if there's any chance that Carolina is going to run away with it. So I'll take Seattle. The Vikings at the Packers, which has been flexed into the 7:30 game, which kind of stinks. Um, I I have a I work at a school I've mentioned several times, so I'm on a really long break. I'm all I'm off all of this week, and so then I'm going to be up till midnight on my the night before my first day back, which I'm not exactly looking forward yeah. to. Um, ugh, I don't know. Let's just pick this game and get on out of here. Um, who do you think's going to win? I got to think about mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking here too. I I think I'm going to stick with Green Bay. I, they seem to match up pretty well against this Vikings team. I think our defense can hold them in check pretty well. And, uh, you know, maybe you win and end up winning like 20 to 10 or something like that. But I, I don't know. They did it well at, in Minnesota. So if you come to Green Bay here and you can get a win, I, it's, it's hard to shake off what we just saw. Yeah. And it's hard to imagine them beating a good team, but I don't think they're, they're that good, but I don't think they're as bad as we saw yesterday either. So I, I'll predict them to win the division here. Yeah. I agree with what you said in the latter part there that they're certainly not. Well, they might be that much worse than Arizona, but that's not yeah. <laughs> certainly not their best game. Um, I'll take the Packers, too, mainly just because I cannot see this team losing all of their home games in the division. Uh, that would, I think that would be unprecedented. I, I was thinking about that earlier in the week. If there was even any of those Infante teams that lost... Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, and I don't think there are. And granted, it's a smaller division now, so you always had Tampa that you could kick around in some of those other years. But to lose all of your home games within the division would be crazy. And on the flip side, win all of your road games in the division. So I will pick the Packers. If they lose to the Vikings, I would not be surprised in the least. But maybe out of hope, I will pick the Green Bay Packers. 
So I'm I'm to the point where my greatest hope coming out of the rest of the season is that I can hear Steve Winwood on this podcast because it's really cool. Right. Let's at least win the North. Even if the season's not a win, we can look back on it and say we got a banner up for the division. Yeah, it's kind of like 2013 where you didn't have a whole lot of expectations once they, they got to the playoffs, but at least you kept the division streak alive. And if anything, it'll really irritate all the division fans of the right. other teams. I want to know what kind of sorcery the NFL is using to have the Packers have to play for the division in Week 17 against a scrub team from the year before for the third consecutive year. How could they have possibly known that crappy Detroit and the terrible Minnesota Vikings would come to Lambeau with equal records of the Packers two straight years? Yeah, it's magic. Yeah, what the heck? I I guess they had the Cowboys three straight years playing for the division too, but it just seems really, really... What are the odds? Uh... Probably one and three, I'd say. Yeah, so next year, once they have to play the Bears at the end of the... Well, not one and three, because the Patriots have to play one of their division foes at the end of the year every year, and they never have to play for the division title. It's it's like, next year, the Bears, if they have to play the Packers in the division, the Bears will miraculously be 12-4 and four and yeah. <laughs> have to play the Packers. It's just strange. All right, so... Um, Steve Winwood, hopefully, will get played next week. But if he's not played, you can always listen to KZ Radio, where uh, he, they have some Steve Winwood songs and some other great songs from that era. I will be on KZ Radio this Friday previewing the Packers and Vikings. Um, that is 92.9 in Appleton and the Fox Cities, 104.3 in Green Bay. You can listen anywhere in the world. If you're out, uh, anywhere else in the country, um, mykzradio.com is where you can listen to that. I will be on in the 3 to 5 o'clock time slot on Friday with two Green and Gold Forever previews. You can listen to our complete archives at greengoldforever.podbean.com. That's the number four. You can hit us up on Twitter at greengoldforever, or you can comment on the Facebook page, Green and Gold Forever Podcast. And you can also comment under the actual podcast on the Green and Gold Forever website. So we're at the point in the season where our expectations are dashed. It's past Christmas, so we're depressed enough anyways. Now we're going into the new year, I guess, with nothing but blind hope that the Packers somehow uh, turn this thing around. But at least it's not over yet. Uh, We could be in the position of 10 other teams in the NFC who already know that their seasons are completely over. At least the Packers have a glimmer of chance. So I guess we'll take that, Matt, right? That's right. All right. You didn't sound very confident there. I guess I'm not either, but we'll lie through our teeth like Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy. For Matt in Altoona, I am Eric in Appleton. If you're listening anywhere in southern Wisconsin, please be safe tonight as we're getting many, many, many inches of snow. Take care, everyone, 